it will be perfected or completed by it. He says that the human being, al-abd, the person, the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is compelled to rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to seek help from him in everything that he wants to do or in that which he wants to leave or avoid. From the affairs of this world as well as the affairs of the next life. And the reality of a tawakkul, haqiqah of tawakkul ala Allah, is that the person should know that the affair, the whole of it, every matter, it is in the hands of Allah. Allah has power over everything, knowing this. And that whatever Allah wills will be. And whatever He does not will, it will never be, will never happen. Nothing will happen except what Allah wills. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is and He is al nafi al-dar, al-mu'ati al-mani'ah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who can give benefit, and He is the only one that can cause harm, and He is the one who gives, and He is the one who withholds. The matter is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, He said, and also to know, There is no strength and there is no power except with Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who has power to enable us to do something, or power to enable us to avoid doing that which He has prohibited. So, after the person has this knowledge, and he depends upon Allah, upon his Lord, with his heart, his heart is entrusted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in seeking whatever benefit he is desiring, in the matters of deen, as well as in the matters of world, worldly matters as well as religious matters, in order to prevent any harm from him, likewise. When he knows this, and his heart is directed towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he has complete and total trust in Allah, in achieving that which he is seeking, along with, and this is very important, putting his trust in Allah, along with this, he must exert every effort to do those things that are beneficial for him. And it's not simply enough that the person should rely on Allah and trust in Allah, but also he is expected to take the measures that are necessary to achieve what he is attempting to achieve. These two things have to be together. And then he said finally that whenever the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has this knowledge with him ongoing continuously and this dependence on Allah and trust in Allah, then he is the one in reality who is the mutawakkul ala Allah. The one who really trusts in Allah is the one who is in this condition. And he is the one who has given the good news that Allah will be sufficient for him. And also he knows that the promise, yani it is for him, the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what he has promised for the mutawakkineen, it will be for the one who is in this condition. While the one who puts his trust, who depends on other than Allah, then he is a mushrik, a mushrik, a pagan. And whoever puts his trust in other than Allah, and connects his heart to other than Allah, then he would be given over to that which he has put his trust in and his hope in whatever he hopes for will be frustrated. It will never happen. Also, the comment of Sheikh Abdulaziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz rahimahullah concerning the same topic, Danny in brief, he said that the author Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullah, he says that the author in this chapter heading, Tawakkul ala Allah, Tawakkul ala Allah, 
he intends to clarify the obligation of at-tawakkul ala Allah, that it is obligatory to put your trust in Allah and to rely upon Allah and to depend upon Allah to the exclusion of everyone and anything besides him. To put one's trust in Allah alone in all of our affairs, whether in religious matters or in worldly matters. To put one's trust in Allah, it means that we give our affair over to Allah and we trust in him and we have faith or iman that he is the cause of all causes. That any cause that we seek help from to give, gain some benefit or to prevent some harm, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the initial and the original cause of all causes. And everything is in his hand. Whatever he wills will be. And whatever he does not will, it will never be. And to know that the qadr, the divine decree, it has preceded, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already decreed what will be in every matter. And there's no power for the, create, the creature, the human being, there's no power in any matter except in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills. Along with yani all of this belief and this knowledge and the dependence in Allah and reliance on Allah and a trust in Allah, it should be coupled with taking the proper and necessary measures to prevent the harm that we fear or to achieve the good that we seek to gain. And it is making the effort to do what has to be done and then putting our trust totally in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab begins with the first of six evidences concerning at-tawakkul. And at-tawakkul, its meaning, it is reliance on Allah and forwarding our affair, our matter to Allah and having thicker or trust in Allah and believing that the power is in his hand for everything and then making every effort that we can as human beings according to our ability to achieve whatever is our objective. And there is no contradiction between putting one's trust totally in Allah and then taking precautions from harm or making effort to achieve good. The Prophet wasallam, when he went into the battlefield he put his trust totally in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and indeed he also wore a shield and a helmet and carried weapons to defend himself and to fight against the enemies of Allah and the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 23 رَجُلَانِ مِنَ الَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ Two men from amongst those who had fear of Allah, who had faith in Allah. And they were two of the people from Bani Israel, from the followers of Musa alayhi salam. And Amallah alayhima, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given them his favor. He gave them iman, and he gave them yaqeen, certainty about the fact that what Allah has promised for them, that it is true. That if they approach the enemy, that they will be victorious. They said, those two from amongst the Bani Israel, they said, Enter the door, go inside the city of Jerusalem. Where the, where the enemies were, who were very powerful and strong enemies, and they feared them. But they said to them, For indeed, if you enter, if you put your trust in Allah and rely upon Allah and enter, take the effort to go forth, indeed you will be the victorious. إِنَّكُمْ غَالِبُونَ And they advised them, to put their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَتَوَكَّلُوا يعني it is a command that you must put your trust in Allah in كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ if indeed you are believers. يعني the true 
indication of Iman is that the person puts their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some of the scholars said that in the Arabic language there's an added meaning that can be understood from this expression the way it is in Arabic وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ the fact that the Jarul Majroor it is coming before the action it is an indication that putting the trust in Allah وَعَلَى اللَّهِ it means that Allah alone and exclusively is the one that you should tawakkul And also the fact that al-iman, yani it's con- one of its conditions is a tawakkul because, because in this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ فَعَلَى اللَّهِ وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ It is as though it is a condition that if indeed you are real believers, then you should put your trust in Allah alone to the exclusion, exclusion of anyone or anything besides him. Then, a Shaykh Al-Qara'awi, Hafidahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, says the general meaning, the general meaning of this ayah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us in this ayah that there were two believing men from amongst the Bani Israel and they had advised their people and they had uh, requested from them that they should enter the land of Beit al-Maqdis, Jerusalem. And they promised them the victory if indeed they would enter that place. And that is due to the thiqa or the trust that these two believing men had in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his promise that came to them on the, from the mouth of the Prophet of Allah, Musa alayhi salam. Because they had complete faith and trust in the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they heard from his messenger, Musa alayhi salam. They also requested from them that they should that they should depend upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to achieve the victory and that they should not be deceived by the power of the enemy for indeed the victory is in the hand of Allah he gives it to whomever he will and he had already promised yani that victory he had promised it to the believers and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never failed in his promise and without yani, a lengthy discussion just as a note is indeed important that the Muslims today in our condition with the world events that we are experiencing keep in mind this point that when Allah promised that those who rely upon him and depend upon him and put their trust in him and believe that he is sufficient for them that they will be victorious indeed Allah's promise never fails he mentioned four benefits and fawaid from this ayat the first of them is the obligation of mutual advice between the members of the army and the raising of their spirits, yani to raise the spirits of those who are going out to fight in the way of Allah. Number two, that al-iman and al-tawakkul. Al-iman, faith, and al-tawakkul, reliance on Allah, is of the most important factors that may help one to achieve the victory. Having iman and having trust and dependence upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number three, al-tawakkul, shart fi sihat al-iman, that a tawakkul relies upon Allah, it is a condition for the correctness of Iman. It is a condition for one's Iman to be correct, that they must have a tawakkul, reliance or dependence and trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Number four, the obligation of a tawakkul, reliance upon Allah, the exclusion of anyone besides Him. That it is obligatory that we must rely upon Allah alone to the exclusion of anyone besides Him. The relationship of this ayat to the chapter under discussion that this ayat indicates the obligation 
of singling out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, singling out him alone to be the one that we should depend upon the exclusion of anyone besides him. And the relationship of this ayat to the, to the general topic of Tawheed is that this ayat shows that a tawakkul, reliance upon Allah, is a form of ibadah, worship, and offering ibadah of any type to other than Allah is shirk. And in this case it is shirk, major shirk, which nullifies a person's tawheed. The second evidence that the Imam mentions is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Anfal, chapter 8, verse 2. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِمَامًا وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And this is the ayah that he mentioned. However, the following ayat is also applicable and it is appropriate that we should mention it in light with this because the descriptions of the believers that are mentioned in this ayah are continued in the following ayat. Verse number 3, الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ those who establish the prayer with all of its rights and from what we have given them what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them from that they spend in his way these are those who are described with these five characteristics they are the true believers in reality and they have degrees of high status of honor with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or rizqun kareem and a noble provision that is al-jannah innama al-mu'minuna verily indeed these are the believers and only these are the believers who have the only meaning here complete iman those who are described with these characteristics are the people who have iman al-iman al-kamil complete perfect iman innama al-mu'minuna it doesn't mean that whoever is not described with these that he is not a believer that he doesn't have iman but these are the only ones who have perfect iman innama al-mu'minuna al-ladheena idha dhukira Allah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned when they are reminded to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala their hearts have a feeling of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that feeling of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it encourages them to fulfill his commands and to avoid that which he has prohibited and when his ayats meaning the ayats of the Quran when they are recited to them ذَادَتْهُمْ imanan then those ayats cause their iman to be increased. And this is the proof that al-iman, according to the scholars of Ahl sunnah iman increases and decreases. It increases by doing good deeds and decreases by disobedience. The ayats of Allah cause the iman that they have to be increased further. وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And on their Lord, and their Lord alone, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they put their trust and they turn their affair over to Him and to him alone to the exclusion of everyone besides him. The Shaykh says the general meaning of this ayat is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us in this ayat that the believers in truth are they who when they are reminded to fear Allah they fear his punishment and therefore they do what he has commanded or what they have been commanded and they avoid what they have been prohibited and when the ayat the verses of the book of Allah are read to them it increases them in Iman, yani it increases the Iman that they have uh, with further, more Iman. And also that they put the trust that is in their heart. Yani At-Tawakkul, it is an action of the heart. It is a type of ibadah that is in the heart. It is in the heart. They, they, they 
put their reliance and their trust and their dependence in their heart, they put it, they give it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they entrust their faith totally to Him, seeking that which is of benefit and in repulsing or repelling that which is of harm. The Shaykh mentions three benefits from this ayah. The first of them is that al-khawf min Allah, fear of Allah and at-tawakkul, reliance upon Him, is of the characteristics of the true believers. Number two, that al-iman, faith, it increases and decreases, as mentioned in that ayah. That the faith is increased by hearing the verses of the Book of Allah, Al-Quran. Number three, the obligation of at-tawakkul ala Allah, yani that it is obligatory on us to put our trust in Allah to the exclusion of everyone and anyone besides Him. In relation to this ayat, to the chapter under discussion is this ayat indicates the obligation of putting our trust in Allah alone to the exclusion of others and the relationship of this ayat to Tawheed is that this ayat indicates that a tawakkul is a form of ibadah and whoever put their trust in other than Allah they have given ibadah to other than Allah they have offered worship to other than Allah and this is shirk which nullifies a person's Tawheed the third evidence that the Imam mentions uh, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also in Surah Al-Anfal chapter 8 verse 64 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya yuhan nabi and here an nabi it is in reference to the messenger of Allah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya yuhan nabi hasbukallah wa man ittaba'aka min al-mu'mineen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying to him hasbukallah that Allah is sufficient for you. Allah is sufficient for you, and He is sufficient for those who follow you from amongst the believers. Some of the scholars, there are two opinions concerning this ayat. Some of them said that the meaning of this ayat is, Ya yuhan nabi, Allah, yani Allah is sufficient for you, wa hasbuka men ittaba'aka min al-mu'mineen, and also sufficient for you, are those who follow you from amongst the believers. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the believers, they are sufficient for you. But the correct opinion, the strongest opinion, is that the meaning of the ayat is that it is addressed to the Prophet saying that Allah is sufficient, hasbuka, and for you, and Allah is sufficient for those who follow you from amongst the believers. Because only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the right that we should put our reliance and dependence and trust in Him to the exclusion of anyone besides Him. And the Shaykh says the general meaning of this, Ayat is that in this ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the good news, the bushra to his prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his followers from amongst the believers. He gives them the good news, the good news of their success and their victory. And he promised them the victory over their enemies. And he ordered them implicitly, and it is understood from this ayat that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he is sufficient for you, then what may be understood from that is that if he is sufficient for you, then you are commanded to put your trust in him alone. If he is sufficient, don't rely on anyone besides him. So it is implicitly yani, a command in this ayat it is understood that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered the Prophet and the believers that they should put their trust in him to the exclusion of anyone besides him and that verily he will be sufficient for them against the plot of their enemies. The Shaykh mentions three benefits from this ayah, the first of them is that Allah is kafir, Allah is sufficient for whoever puts their trust in Him, whoever relies upon Him, whoever depends upon Him, Allah is sufficient for them. And number two, that al-iman, faith, true faith, it is of the active factors or elements 
that will enable one to achieve a nasr, the success. Al-Iman is one of the factors that is necessary in order for a person to achieve victory. And number three, the obligation of Al-Iman, having faith in the sufficiency of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone to the exclusion of others. And here, let me just note that in the original text of the sharh of this book, Al-Jadid by Shaykh Al-Qur'awi, there's a typographical error, and it says, Wujub Al-Iman, and every place where this word came three times, it is written incorrectly, and it is actually, it should be, and the translator has translated according to what he found in Arabic, so if you look in the translation of the sharh, you'll find he said, having faith in the love of Allah, and in fact it should be, as it came in the ayat, that this benefit is taken from, Allah is sufficient for you, and this is the correct, meaning of it, that it is obligatory to have faith in the sufficiency of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, the exclusion of anyone besides him. The relationship of this ayat to the topic or the, the chapter under discussion is this, this ayat indicates the obligation of having iman. Again, in the translation, it, he has translated according to what is written in Arabic, having iman in hubbillah, and it should be having iman in hasbillah, yani that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient alone, and this includes Yani the, 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 the fact that a person has iman that Allah is sufficient, it also includes that that person should then, as a result of that, put their trust in Allah to the exclusion of anyone besides him. The relationship of this ayat to the topic, the general topic of tawheed, is that this ayat indicates that a tawakkul is a type of ibadah, an offering any type of ibadah to other than Allah, is shirk, which nullifies tawheed. Here, the Shaykh makes a note, he says, that we said that Al-Hafs, and again it is written in Arabic, Al-Hub, Al-Hafs yatadamman al-tawakkul, that believing in the sufficiency of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala includes, or it requires that a person should rely upon him alone, should have their trust in him alone. And this is because the one who has realized or achieved the faith or iman in the sufficiency of Allah alone, then it is, if he has realized this iman in the sufficiency of Allah alone, then it is of necessity that he should put his trust in Allah alone. And that he should rely upon Allah alone, to the exclusion of anyone or anything besides him. Indeed, a tawakkul is one of the greatest forms of ibadah. And it is a condition of iman. And every Muslim needs to investigate their own relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially in time of adversity and trial and difficulty. And we need to ask ourselves, are we indeed relying on Allah alone or are we relying on others besides Him? And the fourth evidence that the Imam mentioned is taken from Surah Al-Talaq, chapter 65, verse 3. He says the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَمَنْ يَتَوَقَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَصْبُهُ يعني whoever puts his trust, and he relies upon Allah alone and trusts in him alone, then he is sufficient for him. That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will reach his matter, yani he will achieve that which he intends. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indeed the one who is capable to achieve that which he intends. His purpose will be fulfilled, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it. He has appointed it. He has fixed 
for everything a qadr, a measure. He has made a measure for everything and it's time for it to be fulfilled. The Shaykh says the general meaning of this ayat <coughs> is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing us in this ayat that whoever puts their trust in him, man bihi, whoever puts their trust in him, wa'atamid alayhi, and they rely upon him and depend upon him in all of their affairs, yani whether worldly or yani religious affairs, in, every, in all of their affairs, then indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be sufficient for him in everything that is important to him of his matters of the world or of the deen. And that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who will achieve whatever he wills in the matter. And that nothing will escape from him. Whatever Allah wills, it will never escape from him. It has to be achieved. And likewise, whatever Allah requires or whatever Allah requests, it will never يعني, outdo him. Can never, يعني, Allah will never be incapable of fulfilling that which he seeks. And so that those who are impatient, who think that the affair is not coming on time, it's happening too slow, the victory is not coming in the way we want it to come, so that those who put their who are putting their trust in Allah so that they would not think that the help of Allah is coming too slow, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He informed that He has made for every matter a taqdeer and a tawqeet. He has made a measure for everything. It will happen in the time that Allah has decreed it to be. And it will happen in the time and in the way and in the manner and the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed it to be. It will not precede that and it will not be delayed from the time and the manner in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed it. The Shaykh mentions four benefits from this ayat. The first of them is clarification of the fadl of tawakkul, the excellence of a tawakkul. In this ayat, we, we can see the excellence of a tawakkul, that the one who puts their trust in Allah, Allah will be sufficient for them. Allah will be the one to care for their affair, and Allah is indeed capable of fulfilling whatever He wills in the time and in the way that He created to be. Number two, that a tawakkul is from is, is of the most important of the factors for achieving any benefit or repelling any harm. Number three, the obligation of Al Iman Bil Qaba wal Qadr. That it is obligatory on us to have Al Iman in Qaba and Al Qadr. Many of the scholars said that Al Qadr al Qadr that they are synonymous whenever they are used separately, but if they come together, each has its own meaning, and the meaning of Qadr is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed or fixed something to be in a certain way, and Al-Qadha is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes the execution, the bringing about of what He has decreed. Number four, uh, the perfection of the power of Allah and His hikmah, the Qadr of Allah and the hikmah of Allah, it is perfect. The relationship of this ayah to the chapter under discussion is that this ayah indicates the obligation of a tawakkul, reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect and preserve his servant and he will be sufficient for him through the reliance of that servant upon him. And if anyone relies upon Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will be sufficient for them and he will protect and preserve them. The relationship of this ayah to the general topic of Tawheed is that this ayah indicates that a tawakkul is a type of ibadah and offering ibadah to other than Allah is shirk. And the fifth evidence, and actually this fifth ayah is part of 
a hadith or a statement from Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah. He has separated them here in his sharh. Uh, this is the fifth and the, the statement of Ibn Abbas, the sixth uh, part of one another. He mentions the ayah, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Surah Al-Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 173. الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمْ الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمُ النَّاسِ Yani those to whom the people said to them. Yani some people from Bani Abdul Qais who had met the pagan disbelievers, Abu Sufyan and his followers, they had met them on the road while they were gathering their forces to attack the Muslims after the battle of Uhud. And he suggested to them, or he advised them to warn the Prophet ﷺ and his followers that, the, that we are gathering a great army to attack them and to destroy them. Those whom the people said to them. Yani the believers to whom these people came and told them that indeed the people meaning Abu Sufyan and the pagans of Mecca and those who rallied behind them that they have gathered a great force against you therefore you should fear them they said they have gathered a great force against you so fear them but indeed because they had knowledge of the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his power and that he is the only one who controls the matters of this universe and that nothing happens except what he will and they had complete trust in the favor of Allah and the promise of Allah and the victory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he had promised them because of that instead of fearing as a result of the great army that was gathered against them it increased them in Iman because they knew that the one who they were relying upon he was the one who has the power they said to them فَقْشَوْهُمْ فَزَادَهُمْ إِمَانًا but it increased them in Iman Instead of fearing, their iman was increased because they knew the one they were relying upon, he is the one who has the power. Their iman was increased and they said, Allah, he is the one who is sufficient for us. And he is the best of those who we can turn our affair over to. The best of those that we can rely or depend upon. The one who, if you give your affair to him, he is capable to fulfill it. The Shaykh says in the meaning of this ayat that when Abu Sufyan and his people, the Mushrikun, were returning from Ghazwa to Uhud, the battle of Uhud, they started to gather up their numbers to make an attack, another attack on the Muslims. So some people passed by them, some riders passed by them on the road from Bani Abdul Qais. So Abu Sufyan, he suggested to them or he advised them that they should inform the Prophet Muhammad and his companions that the Quraysh were preparing a great army to make a, to, to storm them or to assault them or to destroy them. But the Messenger of Allah وسلم, paid no mind to this threat. Indeed, he and his followers, they had put their trust in Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was sufficient for them against their enemies. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the one that the one who has true trust and reliance, they put their trust in him in all of their affairs, in every condition or circumstance. The Shaykh mentions five benefits from this ayat. The first of them is that from the signs of al-iman is as-sabat al-shada'id. From the signs of true iman is that a person remains firm, that they are steadfast in the time of adversity or severe difficulties. Steadfastness in the face of difficulty, it is a sign of iman. Because the one who has real iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't become frightened by difficulties and hardship. They put their trust in Allah and they know that Allah is sufficient for them. Number two, 
that al-harb al-nafsiyah, psychological warfare, it doesn't harm the believers. It doesn't affect the believers. This media campaign that the kuffar make against the Muslims, the true believer is not affected by it because the true believer has faith in the promise of Allah that the Hezbollah, they are the ghalibun. They indeed will be the successful in the end. Number three, that al-iman yazid wa yanqus, that iman increases and decreases as the iman which increases due to the threat of the enemies of Allah against them. It caused the iman to increase because they knew the promise of Allah was true. Number four, that it is commendable mustahab for the believer to say, Allah wa ni'mal wakil. It is mustahab that in times of difficulty and adversity that the believer should remind himself of his trust and reliance in Allah and that Allah is the best of those to dispose of our faith. Number five, that fi'l al-asbab wa al-asbab لا ينافي التوقل that when a person takes the necessary measures in order to achieve their goal or to prevent some harm the things that they do it is not a contradiction to التوقل putting your trust in Allah but in fact taking the necessary measures to achieve the goal is a part of التوقل they go together and they are not separate from one another putting one's trust in Allah and taking the necessary measures to achieve to achieve the objective uh, there's no contradiction between them. The relationship of this ayah to the chapter under discussion is that this ayah indicates the obligation of a tawakkul, reliance on Allah, and letting, letting him to be sufficient for one to the exclusion of anyone besides him. The relationship of this ayah to the, cha- the subject, general subject of a tawheed is that this ayah indicates that a tawakkul is a type of ibadah and offering worship to other than Allah, this shirk. Finally, the last proof that the Imam mentions is An Ibn Abbasin radiallahu anhuma. And it is a statement that is mawkuf. He has not attributed to the Prophet sallallahu However, it is marfu hukman. And it is to be considered as a statement from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Indeed, such a statement that he has made here, as you will see, is not a statement that someone can make by ijtihad or due to their opinion but it can only come by revelation therefore it should be attributed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as we studied in Mustalah Hadith An ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma qal Allah wa ni'mal wakil that this statement Allah is sufficient for us and he is the best one to turn our affair over to qalaha Ibrahim alayhi salam hina ulqiya fin nar this statement was made by the Prophet Ibrahim السلام, at the time when he was thrown into the fire. When the pagan disbelievers gathered against him and built a big fire that would destroy anything that came near it and they threw him in it, he said, Allah is sufficient for me and indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was his protector. وَقَالَهَا مُحَمَّدٌ صلى الله عليه وسلم هنا قالوا له إِنَّ النَّاسَ قَدْ جَمْعُوا لَكُمْ فَخْشَوْهُمْ فَزَادَهُمْ إِمَانًا and it was also the statement made by the Messenger of Allah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam at the time when those people came to him and said that the people have gathered an army against you so fear them but it increased their iman and they said Allah is sufficient for us and he is the best one to dispose of our affairs he is the best one that we can rely upon and turn our matter over to Rawahu al-Bukhari wa nasai it was reported by both al-Bukhari and al-Nasai uh, here the Shaykh ends by saying, by making a note about a tawakkul. And the scholars have divided the tawakkul, some of them into two divisions, some of them into three divisions, some of them into four divisions. 
and there's no contradiction between the various divisions except that some of them have considered the matter in different ways. Some of them only considered the tawakkul that is prohibited, yani relying on other than Allah. And some of them considered the reliance on Allah as a type of tawakkul and the reliance on other than Allah as another type, making it only two. And some divided the reliance on other than Allah into three divisions. In any case, the Shaykh here, he has mentioned three divisions and perhaps we will and he explained it in a way that you can see even a fourth division. He says that a tawakkul, it is that one's heart is having dependence upon Allah and having faith or iman that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient for his servant. And a tawakkul, reliance on other than Allah, is divided into three divisions. Yani the first type of tawakkul is reliance on Allah alone, which is wajib, and it is a condition of Iman. What he is going to explain here in three divisions, it is the divisions of tawakkul, reliance on other than Allah. So we will take these three, and we will also consider the reliance on Allah, which is an obligation. It is an act of ibadah, and it is a condition of Iman as the first type, and then he mentions three other types. These three types are the types of reliance on other than Allah, having tawakkul on other than Allah. The first of them, he said, is that a person has trust or dependence or reliance on a creature, one of the creatures of Allah, in that which, that creature, on that which, yani no one has the ability to do except the Khalid. Yani trusting the makhluk and something that only the Khalid can do. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Creator, He is the only one who can do certain things. He is the only one who can forgive your sins. He is the only one who can give you the good things of the next life. Nobody in this world, saints, whatever, whoever, nobody has the ability to do so. Whoever puts their trust in other than Allah and the things that only Allah has the power over, this is the first type of tawakkul, yani reliance on other than Allah. This type of tawakkul, putting one's trust in, in a created thing, in the matter that only Allah has power over, it is shirk akbar. It is major shirk, major shirk that nullifies the person's tawheed, it nullifies the Islam and it takes them out of Islam. The second of them is that a person relies on the makhluk, the created being. In that which the created being has the ability to do. And it's something that the one you are relying upon has the ability to do. However, putting your trust in that one, while one's heart is attached to that one. And in not seeking from that one some benefit or some help or protection, while believing and realizing that Allah ultimately is the only one who can give any benefit or protect one from any harm, but actually one's heart being attached to the created being. Putting your trust in them and your heart being yani, attached to that one as though they have the final power in the matter. This type of tawakkul, yani, putting your trust in the created being in that which he has the ability to do, but having the trust of the heart Instead of it being directed towards Allah, it is directed towards the created being to achieve some benefit or to repulse some harm. This is shirk asghar. It is minor shirk. And it is not major shirk because it is trusting that person to do or depending on that person to do something that they are capable of doing. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enabled them to do. Here Allah has enabled them to do it. But the reason why it is a type of shirk is because the feeling in the heart that belongs to Allah alone has been directed to others than Allah. The third type of tawakkul is that a person relies on a created being 
and that which the created being has the ability to do, but without the heart being attached to that one in achieving some benefit or repulsing some harm. And this is jayas, permissible. Yani, to depend on someone to do something that they are capable of doing, but realizing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one that can make them effective in doing what they do. Yani, even though they have the ability to do it, if Allah doesn't will it, it will not happen. So realizing this, the heart being attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not to the created being, but depending on them to do that which they have the ability to do is permissible. And this is like appointing someone to, do, to fulfill some of your affairs to buy or to sell for you or to rent or whatever. Uh, appointing someone. In fact, this shouldn't be called tawakkul, but it is really tawqeel. And it is appointing someone to do something for you while realizing that they will not be successful in fulfilling what you have requested of them, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes them successful. This is permissible to appoint someone to do for you what you can do for yourself. But knowing that in the end, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one that can make it happen. He says here that a tawakkul is nisf al-deen wa nisfahu al-akhir al-inaba. A tawakkul, this is a statement actually from Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah in discussing the ayat in the Quran, Surah Fatiha, Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'een. He made this statement, he said that a tawakkul is a half of the deen. Reliance on Allah is a half of the deen. And the other half is al-inaba. And this is because, uh, although he doesn't mention it here, it is because al-tawakkul, that the deen is divided into al-isti'ana wal-ibadah. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Fatiha, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُودُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ You are the one alone who we worship, and you are the one who we turn to, to seek help from. So the first part of the deen is ibadah, worshipping Allah alone. And the second part of it is al-isti'ana, seeking help from Allah in order to worship Him. Because even though we might desire to worship Allah, the tawfiq or the success in doing so is only from Allah. Therefore he said that the deen is divided into two parts, al-ibadah al-isti'ana. And he, call, he referred to them here as al-tawakkul, which is relying on Allah and seeking help from Allah. And the other part as al-inaba, because inaba is one of the greatest types of ibadah, that is turning back to Allah by the doing of good deeds. Not like tawbah, in which the person who has committed sin and they turn away from that which the sin that they are doing with the intention not to return from it and feeling remorse for what they have done they turn away from that turning back to Allah Al-Inaba
يعني فعل الاسباب او الاخذ بالاسباب التوكل it doesn't negate the person doing those things or taking those measures that are necessary in order to achieve one's goal يعني it is there's no contradiction between them that the person should do everything that they need to do in the worldly matters for example a person should eat and drink in the worldly matters in order to retain one's health a person has to eat and drink no one should say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient for me my health will remain good without eating and drinking no you have to do something in order to achieve good health and likewise in the matters of the hereafter a person shouldn't say Allah is sufficient for me he will put me into paradise but you have to do something you have to worship Allah and do good deeds and then put the trust in Allah he is the one who will enable you to gain the reward or the fruit of your action so he said there's no contradiction between taking the necessary measures to achieve one's goal and putting one's total trust and reliance upon Allah in fact taking the necessary measures it is a sign of the correctness of one's iman or the correctness of one's tawakkul they are part of one another this is the end of what the shaykh says the masail that I mentioned in the original book uh, the shaykh shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullah has mentioned six issues of importance the first of them is that at tawakkul التوكل من الفرائض يعني التوكل is of the obligatory duties is of those things that are obligatory on the two believers and this is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has in the ayat in the first ayat that we mentioned وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَقَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ he has connected he has connected التوكل to iman يعني that a person in order to have true Iman they should rely upon Allah and therefore we can understand from this that a tawakkul is one of the obligatory matters number two أنه من شروط الإيمان that a tawakkul is one of the conditions of Al-Iman يعني it is a condition because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said إن كنتم مؤمنين it is a condition يعني if you really want to have uh, Iman then you should put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Number three, the explanation of the ayat from Surah Al-Anfal. That is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهِ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ To the end of the ayat. And the explanation of this ayat. And what is meant here, that indeed, verily the believers are those who when uh, they are reminded to fear Allah, then they have a feeling of fear in their heart that causes them to respond to Allah, to what He has commanded and what He has prohibited. The meaning here, that these descriptions are of those who have perfect Iman it doesn't mean that if a person doesn't have one of these descriptions he's not described by that then it doesn't mean that he doesn't have Iman and that he is not a believer but he has some degree of Iman though his Iman is not perfect the fourth issue the tafsir of the ayat in the end of Surah Al-Anfal that is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya yuhan nabi hasbuka Allah wa man ittaba'aka min al-mu'mineen yani the explanation of this ayat uh, as we mentioned, the general meaning of it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient for you, the Prophet and for those of the believers who follow you. And this is the correct meaning, as opposed to the meaning of those who said that Allah is sufficient for you and those who believe who follow you are sufficient for you. The fifth issue is the tafsir of the ayah of Surah Al-Salaq. That is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يعني, That whoever puts their trust in Allah, Allah will be Kafihi, Allah will be sufficient for him. And the sixth issue 
it is the tremendous importance of this kalima hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil the tremendous importance of this kalima how important it is in the life of the muslim and to realize its meaning and then to act and live in accordance with it and that it is the saying of ibrahim alayhi salam and the saying of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the time of adversity difficulty and hardship and then sheikh muhammad ibn salih al-uthaymin rahimahullah in his commentary on Kitab al-Tawheed at the end of these masail he said that this chapter contains other issues that the author has not mentioned and he mentions three issues the first of them is the adat al-iman yani that iman increases and this is based on the saying of Allah وَإِذَا تُرِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ دَادَتْهُمْ إِمَانًا and when the ayat the verses of Quran are recited to them the iman is increased is increased so ziyadat al-iman is an issue of importance that iman increases and if it increases likewise it also decreases the second issue at the time of adversity or difficulty it is expected that a person should put their trust in Allah while taking the necessary measures to achieve their objective and this is because the Prophet ﷺ and his companions uh, they did this at the time when they were in difficulty when it was said to them that the people have gathered armies against you uh, yani they put their trust in Allah however they also took precautions yani they entrusted their matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they said Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil therefore it is expected that a person should put their trust in Allah and they should also take precautions the third issue and the last of them that he mentions it is that ittiba'a nabi sallallahu that al-ittiba' or following strictly adhering to the way of the prophet sallallahu along with al-iman having faith in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is a cause to for one to achieve the sufficiency or the help of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the end of the masail and those which are added and in the remaining time, the event has been called. No? MashaAllah. Uh, then, in the time that's remaining, we can look at the questions first from the handout and then any questions that you may have. The first of the questions is defined as tawakkul. And we said that, and there are various definitions the scholars have given for tawakkul. Uh, one of those definitions that is yani, pretty much inclusive of the other definitions is tawakkul, it means that a person, that their heart, uh, is directed towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in putting one's trust in Allah, trusting in Allah, having faith in Him, trusting that He will fulfill His promise, relying upon Him, depending upon Him, and having faith in man in the fact that Allah is sufficient. Whoever relies on Him, He is sufficient for them. They have no need of anyone else besides Him, along with taking the necessary measures in order to fulfill one's objective. Number two, define the different types of a tawakkul and the legal ruling for each of them. We said that one of the types of tawakkul is ibadah. The tawakkul, when a person puts their total trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, this is ibadah, it is obligatory, and it is a condition of iman. The second type, or another type, is that a person has this type of trust in other than Allah. Yani trusting in the human being, in that which only Allah has the ability to do, putting one's total trust, in one of the created beings in a matter that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the ability to do uh, something that only Allah has the ability to do and this one, this type of tawakkul relying on other than Allah in this matter it is shirk, it is major shirk 
Mishnah takes that negates the person's iman. The thir- a third type is when a person puts their trust in a created being, in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enabled that human being to do. He has enabled them to do, He has given them the ability to do it. However, the person who puts their trust in that created being also has their heart attached to that person instead of their heart being attached to Allah, knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is the only one who can make anything successful. And this is a type of shirk, but it is minor shirk. And the fourth of them is putting one's trust in a created being and that which Allah has enabled a created being to do while one's heart being attached to Allah knowing that He is the only one that can enable them to fulfill what we have requested of them. Number three, mention three characteristics of those who have achieved the reality of Iman or the perfection of Iman. Three of them are what is, what is mentioned in Surah Al-Anfal, chapter 8, verse 2. And there are five other characteristics that end this topic in, this, in the following verse. The three that are mentioned in the ayat of the book, it is that the believers, those who have perfect iman, are those who when Allah is mentioned, yani when they are reminded to fear Allah, they indeed fear Allah. And the second of them is that when the verses of the Qur'an are recited to them, it increases the iman. And the third of them is that they are those who put their trust totally in Allah alone. How is this ayat, the same ayat that we just mentioned, how is it a proof, how is it a proof of the definition of iman? The definition of Iman that is held by the scholars of Ahl Sunnah is because in this ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that when the verses of Allah are recited to them, they are that from Iman. It increased their Iman. Yani hearing the book of Allah increases their Iman. And this is the proof that Iman increases. Explain the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Yuhan Nabi, Hasbuk Allah, that, O Prophet, Allah is sufficient for you and for the believers who follow you. The meaning of it is the correct meaning according to yani, the two opinions of the scholars. The correct meaning is that in this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing the Prophet wasallam that he, Allah, is sufficient. He is sufficient. Uh, he is sufficient for you and sufficient for the believers from those who follow you. And therefore, if he is sufficient for you, we understand that this also includes the command that you must rely upon him alone and not put your trust in anyone besides him. Is there any contradiction between fi'l al-asbab, taking the necessary measures to achieve an objective, al-akhz bil-asbab, and al-tawakkul, dependence and reliance upon Allah? Explain. Then there is no contradiction between them. Then having total trust in Allah, relying on him alone, having faith that he is the one who is capable and he is sufficient, goes along with and is necessary as a part of Iman and true tawakkul. According to Islam, it goes along with the person taking the necessary measures, making, taking the necessary steps, doing what they are capable doing, of doing as a human being, doing whatever they can to achieve their goal while putting their trust in Allah and hoping that Allah will make them successful. What is the meaning of Hasbunullah wa ni'mal wakil? It means kafin Allah, that Allah is sufficient for us and He is the best of those who we turn our matter over to or who we rely upon and trust in. He is the best of those al-mu'atamid alayhi who we rely upon. Mention something that shows the fadl or the excellence of this statement hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil from amongst that which is a clear proof of the excellence of this statement is that it was said by the two khalil of Allah khalilullah Ibrahim alayhi salam and khalilullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam both of them in time of difficulty and adversity they mention this, this word, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil, 
and they are the best of the Prophet and therefore it shows the excellence of this saying. As for the fawaid or the benefits derived from this chapter, we have mentioned each of them along with the ayat and this is sufficient. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shadwan la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubi If there are any questions or corrections or comments uh, in the, maybe in the next few moments, if the sisters have any questions, you can send them in writing. Take five minutes insha'Allah. Any questions from the brothers or any comments? Uh, the important thing is that uh, one should consider one's relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reference to tawakkul especially in times of adversity difficulty, test and trial as we see in the Muslim world today every Muslim should examine oneself to be sure that in this time of difficulty that we are not relying upon some great power, not even relying upon armies or military weapons, not relying upon friendships or relations that we have with whomever we have them with, but first and foremost, we should be reminded that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who controls the universe. As the scholars of Islam, they said, ma Allah kana, wa ma lam yasha lam yakun. Whatever Allah wills will be. Nothing is happening today except that Allah has willed it. And if Allah doesn't will it, it will never happen. It can never happen. Uh, and likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminded us that it would happen that sometimes the disbelievers, that they would have free roam in the earth, that they would go about in the land as though they are the power. But it is only temporary. It is only temporary for a time. And after that, there's for them the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while for those who believe, there's al-jannah. So we should be reminded of the promise of Allah not to be deceived by the appearance of superiority and power and authority in the earth that is being displayed by the disbelievers. But in fact, the power belongs to Allah alone. And this is the reality that we have to keep in mind. Otherwise, if we are deceived by this false show of power and authority, then we will lose our iman. And we will not be able, or we will not be from amongst those who put their trust in Allah alone. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta astaghfiruka wa tuba ilayka. وَمَا أُرْسِلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ حَافِظِينَ فَالْيَوْمَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنَ الْكُفَّارِ يَضْحَكُونَ عَلَى الْأَرَائِكِ يَوْضُرُونَ هَلْ كُنْدَ الْكُفَّارُ مَا كَانُوا يَفْعَلُونَ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا السماء انشقت وأذنت لربها وحقت وإذا الأرض مدت وألقت ما فيها وتخلت وأذنت لربها وحقت 
وهو الغفور الودود ذو العرش المجيد فعال لما يريد هل أتاك حديث الجنود فرعون وثمود بل الذين كفروا في تكذيب والله من ورائهم محيط بل هو قرآن مجيد في لوح مشفور بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسماء والطارق 